Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the From the Finney podcast. This is our final episode before a few weeks off again, ahead of the new season starting. I'll be speaking to Peter Ridsdale today for one last time, following the conclusion of the incredibly successful early bird season card campaign, and a few other bits and bobs as well, so enjoy. Peter, thanks for joining me. Are you well? Yeah, I'm great. Always good. Good. I suppose uh, well after some good news yesterday as well about the season cards. Well, I think it's been, from the start, well-received. I mean, clearly, as we put out our note yesterday, the fans seem to have um, taken to it from day one. They've engaged. It's been a great relationship between the club and the supporters. Um, and the fact that we've had fans out there distributing leaflets has been of great assistance. And the fact you know, the fact we've got to record numbers of season tickets um, is very comforting. But I'd still like to get more on a match-by-match basis because our crowd's have historically been low and of course it affects our income and our ability to um, keep the club going at a level that everybody wants to um, support. So look, it's great news. Um, I'd like to think we'll sell some more between now and kickoff. Um, as I said again in, in my response to the end of the, um, the early bird scheme, we've got a lot of work still to do. You know, we're trying to finalise the squad. There's a lot of work taking place in the background. But at the moment, I think it's a good time to be a p for did, did the club have a target in mind with the early bird scheme in terms of like what numbers you wanted to sell or you thought might it might attract? Or was it just a, let's just lower the pricing sort of quite dramatically compared to how it's been over the last few years and see, how, where, see where it takes us? Well, it's a little more subtle than lowering the pricing because, as you will appreciate, the lower prices were targeted at adults. Um Historically, our adult ratio to the total attendances, uh, certainly in terms of season tickets, was probably one of the lowest in the division. We only had 32% of those buying season tickets who were full-paying adults, um, and that's remarkably low. So we wanted to try and improve on that. Um, we have done. You know, we've taken that to well over 40%, so it's worked. A number of our senior citizens uh, wrote to me and said, well, why don't we reduce their prices? But they were already at a price that, frankly, um, is very good value for money over 23 games. So we tried to get the pricing right across the board. Um, it's worked to date. I mean, clearly, 11,500 is a great start. Um, our original target, we thought if we got through 10,000, we'd be very happy. So clearly, we're delighted. We've got a lot of big games coming up this year with uh, away support, um, you know, with Sunderland getting promoted, Wigan getting promoted, Blackburn obviously still 
being in the same division. Um, we've got Burnley having come down from the Premier League. And however we split the stadium, we would expect a big crowd against Blackpool. And of course, as part of the season ticket campaign, we did increase the match by match prices because we feel that it's great value to have a season ticket. If you don't want to invest on one, well, then we ought to recoup some money on match by match basis. So in the round, it's been a very successful campaign. What we now need to do is to make sure it's a successful season on the field. Is it, is it a risk sort of doing the sort of setting a campaign like you have with that in that it could not get the uptake that you hope it, it might get? Well, um, you're asking me now when it's been successful. At the time, we had some interesting internal debates about the risks um, and uh, it wasn't something we dreamt up and was agreed in a few minutes. When we, we thought long and hard about some of the options we had available to us, what the likely impact was going to be on our income. Um, we settled on the scheme uh, as obviously publicised and now sitting here today talking to you, it was a very successful campaign. Anything you do has got a risk to it, but would like to think that you know, we weigh up what those risks might be before we launch it. And, um, you know, we thought we had, you know, as it transpires, it's worked very well. Um, increasing the match day prices, given some of the tendencies we're hoping to get against the more popular fixtures, certainly with the away support, means that I think it will be a successful campaign all the way around. Uh, what we'll say, we, that the important thing now, you know, if we're to keep this going to subsequent seasons, is we have to perform on the field. Yeah, that's that's the key, I guess, isn't it? Do you have an aim for a final number before the season starts, or do you perhaps personally have a, a, a goal in mind? Not really. I think now we've got to the sort of base we've got to. I think everything beyond that's a bonus, because if we do play well on the field and if that attracts high attendances, well, clearly, anybody who's going to only buy match by match is paying more than they were last year. Let's remind everybody, season tickets are still on sale. And the only category that increased after the early bird scheme finished was for adults. So seniors are at the same price. You know, the juniors are the same price. The under-11s are still available free. So I would like to think anybody who's in two minds about it would recognise that there's a lot of attractive fixtures this season. And it still makes sense to buy a season ticket. So I hope we get quite a number more. There were uh, just short of a thousand people who bought one last year that haven't yet bought. Um, so for whatever reason, um, there's, every year there's some sort of churn on it, but we'd like to think that they are in a category that thinks there was no rush and they will still buy. Um, but we need to get our average attendances up. And as I say, a mixture of the season ticket campaign and the away support that we're likely to get this year, I think it will be one of the highest average attendances for a number of years. Yeah, which hopefully only uh, only spells good things on the pitch. Just how proud of you of the way that sort of all the aspects of the club in, in this instance have pulled in the same direction. You know, we've had fans out on the streets delivering flyers. Uh, we've had people doing bits on social media, spreading the word online on the forum. Is it in, in any way, without wanting to sort of come across in the wrong way? Has it made the club's job a little bit easier? Well, what's easier is when everybody's pulling in the same direction. And, you know, the, the, if you look at the emails I get, the text messages I get, the voicemail messages I get, the phone calls I get um, during a season, um, you would think we were 
looking for different objectives. You know, if we lose a match, I hurt as much as anybody. I want to win football matches. That's what our job is. And sometimes I'm astonished that people seem to think I don't hurt if we lose. And they have a, a conversation with me and I'm thinking, we're in this together. Um, I think for the first time, this campaign has not only reminded, but I think everybody has pulled together. And I've got nothing but sort of thanks and compliments to our supporter base for the way in which they've um, assisted in this campaign and been responsible for helping us to achieve the numbers we have. In terms of the match day experience, obviously, coming off the back of increased attendances at, at Deepdale, there's, the, I think many fans would argue that there is already sort of issues with like the catering and stuff like that on the concourse. Are the plans to improve that or look to improve that now that we know we're going to have, well, hopefully going to have increased average attendances at, at Deepdale? Well, I think every aspect of the match day experience we're trying to improve. Um, you know, we live in the north of England, which you know sadly means that having outdoor events all the way through the football season uh, in the car park and doing some of the stuff you see in, in the states, for example, where the the match day experience lasts for you know five, six, seven hours. You know, it's more complicated, more difficult to do. However, what we ought to be able to do is to deliver the catering that people are looking for and we're trying to listen to their ideas on a variety of offerings to make sure that what is then offered is available uh, at a fair price. Um, uh, we've obviously, the fan zone was introduced last year. As everybody knows, we've got plans to um, put that into a more permanent um, solution within the stadium, which we're, we've got plans about the third um, iteration of plans that come back this week, which we're looking at, the costings of it, so we can put it into the stadium itself at the, uh, the town end, on the corner of the town end. So that will be done at some stage in the near future. Oh, um, I was going to say, is that something that you're hoping to have done for the start of the new season then, or is that just it, and um, when it's ready kind of thing? Yeah, what I'm not going to do is to say something and then not deliver. The answer is yes, we're going to put it there. Um, it will be sooner rather than later. It will certainly be this season. Um, but I can't promise it's going to be for the start of the season only because I don't know. Um, so I'm not going to be tripped up on giving you a date and then missing it. However, it is absolutely our number one priority to get that sorted. Um, Katie, we've talked about um, everything around the match day experience. We're talking to our supporters. We're trying to listen. Some of the things we can do, some are more complicated to do. Um, I'd hate to think that anybody believes we're not open to good ideas and we're not listening. I think that's something that people probably can't have too much of a, a bone to pick with you about recently because I think it's quite evident that you have been listening to, to fans and what they want and you know the communication between the club and the fans like, like I said a few minutes ago you know it's really good to see that everyone's pulling in the same direction now whereas I think if you went back 12 maybe 18 months ago maybe even less who knows that wasn't the case so I think you know hats off to the club and yourself and Hannah and Ben and and you know the supporters collective all the other supporters groups out there that have come together to sort of make being a Preston North End fan a, a much better sort of thing at the minute um, just on the fan zone is that something that's been a success then if, if you're looking to make it a more permanent fixture well you are looking to make it a permanent fixture well it's a success in the sense that we've got one and the fans have been asking for one for years and uh, it was used very well on a regular basis. The frustration I've got is, as I've said publicly on many occasions, 
you know, we've got this wonderful stadium, but there are certain parts of it that are not accessible to us because, um, you know, parts of the uh, Sir Tom Finney stand, you know, in, inside the stadium are still occupied by the Football Museum, despite the fact that they're in Manchester. And that's on a, a long lease that they bought out some years ago in terms of capital sum. And I've been trying to get it back for many years. We got some of it back, which is where the um, heartbeat site is. Um, but if we had it all, we could more quickly and more easily put something together that we were happy with. So it is a frustration. Um, has it been successful? Yes, but it is temporary. And we need a permit solution. That's what we're going to deliver. Yeah. Just on pre-season then, uh, I know there was mention of a friendly while we're out in Spain. Is there anything close on that or is there anything that you can divulge on that? Um, I'm waiting for confirmation from the team that we're hoping to play. But my understanding is that there is a very well-known Spanish team who um, have agreed to play us. It is likely to be at the training camp. Um, however, it is going to be open to our supporters to come and watch. We'll announce it as soon as we can. And we hope to be able to announce in the next few days um, a couple of home friendlies as well before the season starts. Cool. Um, in terms <coughs> of fans attending, then, is that something that I, I don't suppose you've got really much control over fans attending the, the week in Spain? I say attending the week in Spain, going out to Spain for the week that the club are out there, because I suppose anyone can book flights, can't they? Yeah, and look, you know, we're, we're not trying to hide away. You know, as you know, we've already announced a an open training day on the 25th of July, I think it is, is it? The 25th of Monday, um, for our supporters. You know, this is their football team and um, we're not trying to hide away from anybody and obviously we want to encourage people to engage with us in the proper way as often as possible. So if people want to come out to, um, to Spain while we're out there, um, if they want to come and visit when we're playing the game, they will be welcome and encouraged. You know, this is, as I keep on saying, this is not. This is not about me. This is about them. It's our supporters. They'll be there for forever, and um, I think it's very important that all of our players, football management staff, want to be seen to be as part of the whole, not separate from. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, just on the on the one thing that I suppose most fans. Uh, exact. Sorry, if you can hear that, it's my cat at the door meowing. He's um, he knows I'm in here. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that fans at this time of year sort of tend to get quite excited about and whatnot is obviously recruitment. How's how's that been for you so far uh, since the season's ended? Has it been different working with Ryan to how things have been in the past and obviously working with Market Insights as well? Um, yeah, look, every manager has got their own way of working. And um, in the past, you know, we've been criticised for the implication that wasn't the managers who identified the targets, which is a nonsense. You know, um, managers have always been the ones who've identified the positions they want and in the main, the targets they want to I mean, clearly others contribute. So obviously if we hear of players available, we put it to the manager. Um, so it's different because it always is, but it's not different in the sense that it's the manager who is initiating the, the type of player and indeed the specific players that he would be interested in bringing to the club. Um, the difficult thing at this time of the year is everybody wants it today they don't want to be patient um, if I look back in the main we don't do our business until closer to players coming back you know we've only just gone into the first week of June and the players are back in 
the last week in June. So I expect that by the time they're back in, that the majority of positions that we've got free will have been filled. Um, we know who we're trying to get. We've got a couple of medicals sorted out for the back end of this week. So if they go well, hopefully we'll be making an announcement in the latter part of this week about the first signings. Um, we'll reduce the size of the squad by letting the number of players go at the, at the end of last season. Uh, we will carry a smaller squad than we've had in recent past, but still we've got a 25-man squad to submit to the league. We've got three or four players who are still under contract, we've said are available to transfer if they can find new homes, and uh, that will also free up spaces within the squad if they go. So there's a lot of work still to do, but we're not slow and we're not behind a normal time frame. It's just a natural curiosity of all of our supporters at this time of the year as to who might be coming in. And people love to speculate. And um, I get names put to me every day of the week. They know this deal was done or that deal was done. Well, you know, I'm delighted, but they're not yet. But they will be shortly. Is there anything in the um, link to the player at Borussia Dortmund? The, or Borussia Dortmund too, I think he was, Papadopoulos. Is there anything in that? Well, look, the answer is no. But what I'm not going to do is sit here and then say no to about 15 other players because yeah, he's someone that might be right. What what does surprise me is um, I've read somewhere that we've agreed a fee of X, we've agreed a fee of Y, um, and I look at them and raise my eyebrows because people talk so authoritatively, and it's the first I've heard about about it. What we try and do, and it's very difficult in today's social media world, is to make an announcement when we sign them because that's the best type of transfer. And, of course, the other risk is if something comes out too early, you risk losing the transfer altogether because people think they're presser interested, they should be. So we'll carry on doing our business as quietly as is possible, and that's not always easy. We'll announce as soon as they're done, and you know, rest assured we know what we need to do. Ryan's already made it clear what he's looking for. He and I have both engaged with a number of players, and we believe we'll be able to put a squad together that can challenge at the top end of the championship by the time we, we uh, get back to pre-season. How, I know it's often referred to as silly season this time of, of a football season. Is it frustrating to you at all, like the things that go on, the rumours, and like you said, the way that some people speak sort of so authoritatively online and in different publications about, yes, this is happening and X fee has been agreed, or do you just sort of crack on with what you've got to do and know that actually a lot of it is just a bit bit of bullshit. Well, I can understand why people love it because, you know, it's one of those, uh, it's a bit like, you know, Monday after a football match when people are in the office or in the pub or whatever talking about the goal that was missed or the goal that was scored or the penalty we should have had. It's part and parcel of football. So it would be wrong of me to criticise because I understand why people get excited. Sometimes, though, what people surely appreciate is if a name's put to me and it were to be true but it's not yet completed I don't want to be saying anything publicly until the deal's done because we might lose the deal and the last thing I want to do is to lose a deal for somebody that we do desperately want to sign so all I try and do is just say no to everybody on the basis that I don't want to say no to nine and then say nothing to the ten and you assume that therefore it's correct uh, but it's look, it's part and parcel it's been like this forever um and there's no criticism. I can understand why supporters get excited about it. Last last one. Uh, obviously, the one name that is on supporters' lips at the minute is Cameron Archer. Is there anything sort of happening there? Or is it still much of the same that we want to bring him back and it's sort of in Aston Villa's hands? 
The issue with any loan player is if we get it wrong, we get criticised. And when we get it right, it's a disaster if they don't come back. And last year, of course, we had the player of the year was a loan player from Leicester in Daniel. Um, we had Sepp from Liverpool winning the young player of the year. And we had Cameron winning the goal of the season. So perhaps last year we got it more right than wrong with loans. The downside of that is what happens now. Um, we have asked the question of uh, Aston Villa. We've made it absolutely clear that were he to be available for loan, we will match any other deal in the Championship to get him back. Um, and they've just said, look, you know, we'll come back for pre-season, we'll take a view, subject to what recruitment they do. Um, so we don't know. So we're planning the squad without him, but leaving a slot in the squad for him. Um, and let's see what happens. Brilliant. Um, Peter, I'll hand over to you for the final word. If there's anything you'd like to, to finish on, any any message for the fans or anything like that? Well, um, one of the things you started with today and we've, we've said a few times during this talk is how together the club is. And I just hope that we can continue along that line because we're stronger together. Um, we know that what happens on the field assists that greatly because people get frustrated if we don't win football matches, as, as I do. But I genuinely want to say to everybody, we are here together. It's the closest, I think, the supporters have ever been um, to everybody else in the club. We are at one. I want it to remain like that. And I genuinely look forward to a very successful and exciting season. I'd like to thank everybody for the way in which they've been during the, you know, the, the last six months and during the summer. So thank you to every p supporter. And I'm as excited as hopefully they are. Thank you very much, Peter. Cheers for your time, as always. Okay. Nice one. Take care.